21,200,000. That's how many Americans battled substance abuse disorder in 2018. Approximately one out of every 10 of those patients actually received the treatment they needed, according to a national survey of substance abuse. In this three-part series, we're going to talk with health professionals on what actually happens in the brain when we become addicted. We're going to talk with actual addicts who have dealt with the disorder, and we'll look towards the future of the fight against addiction. This is Drug Talk. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Brian Geenan, and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk with health professionals, researchers, addicts, and more. Today, we're going to look into the physical side of addiction. I sat down with professors at Marquette University to take a deeper dive into where addiction comes from. Dr. Matthew Hearing, an assistant professor in the Department of Biomedical Sciences at Marquette, explained to me how the reward centers in our brain become rewired by addictive drugs. You have reward circuits that are normally in your brain that are important for you know, your motivated behavior. So you're thirsty, so you go get some water. You're hungry, so you go find food. So those same circuits are where drugs of abuse are causing changes. And so what that happens over time is they basically sets the threshold for these circuits to be activated and, and to desire or cause you to actually go out and, and be motivated to find something. Those things that used to be rewarding aren't rewarding anymore. They're not sufficient enough to trigger your reward system to basically be salient enough or important enough to you. Now, these drugs have altered it so that they're, these are the things that motivate you only and the things that you previously were motivated by aren't, aren't, aren't deemed as important enough. Dr. Hearing explained that this process holds true for most types of addiction. He explained that despite the differences in drugs, the process of addiction still resets our reward centers in a similar fashion, whether it be from cocaine, opioids, or other addictive drugs. Addiction to cocaine and addiction to opioid are by the same nature addiction. There has to be some underlying commonality in what drives that behavior. While both cause addiction in the same nature, Dr. Hearing explained that there are still key differences in the drugs which are important to look at when figuring out what kind of treatment certain individuals need. Because of the nature in which these drugs uh, exert their actions, there's going to be differences. And in part, the opioids seem to uh, interact with their, uh, their receptors that are in the brain, and they're more widespread. So the effects of opioids can be more widespread across the brain. Um, and so what we're finding too in our lab is that some of these changes that are produced by cocaine actually occur faster with opioids and they're more pronounced with opioids. So there's certainly overlap, but there's, uh, and that's important. If, if you're identifying like therapeutic approaches, you want to find something that could be potentially therapeutic for a cocaine addict versus an opioid addict versus an alcoholic. But you also need to identify the nuances or differences in these two as they may be important targets for developing more targeted therapeutic approaches. When we look at different drugs in America, some of the statistics we can see are utterly shocking. 2.1 million Americans have an opioid use disorder. 130 Americans die every single day from an opioid overdose. This information provided by the American Society of Addiction Medicine in 2016 explained how drug overdose 
that year was the leading cause of accidental death. When we look at cocaine, around 5 million Americans are regular users. Individuals between the ages of 18 to 25 were more than twice as likely to use cocaine compared with other adults. These statistics identify that there is a problem in America. A large reason for the mass usage is addicts relapsing. In order to get some more insight, I spoke with Dr. John Manch, the chair of the Department of Biomedical Sciences at Marquette. His research involves understanding the neurobiological background of addiction. He explained to me what relapse is and why it's particularly dangerous. And it's true that uh, depending on the drug and the setting, that relapse rates can be as high as 70%. And I think that's a problem, right? Because, you know, if you if you watch the um, some rehabilitation shows on TV, you know, it's as simple as, ah, oh, you know, somebody hits rock bottom and then they check into some sort of uh, some sort of clinic and then they get clean and then... Um, and then the world's good, right? I mean, it's gone. And, and that's not how it works. I mean, people go through that cycle and then all of a sudden, you know, they're put in, an, in, in a culture where they have stress or they're exposed to some of the same cues and settings where they use drugs before they slip up and, and use a little bit. And the next thing you know, their use pattern is back. Dr. Hearing had similar rhetoric about how when relapse occurs, there appears to be some changes in our brain that can cause people to fall right back into their habits. You know, they say that, you know, that you're an addict. When, when you're an addict, you're an addict for life, even, even if you're not relapsing. And, that, and there's a reason for that, because people can go years, decades without using again. And then suddenly they, they, they can relapse because, you know, a family member dies or something like that. And it starts with, I'm going to, I'm going to have just, I'm just going to drink tonight because today was awful. And, and that can really easily lead back right into the addicted state. So it, we know that drugs are causing some change in the brain that are, are if not entirely permanent, um, something that are very, very long-lasting. When discussing the process of relapsing, Dr. Manch explained that there are several factors that can play a part in the individual's decision to take the drug again. So we know there are three kind of classes of things that contribute to uh, relapse, you have re-exposure to the drug itself. You know, somebody's, uh, somebody's um, uh, diagnosed with cocaine use disorder, uh, they go to a party, you know, they've, they've not used for a while. Next thing you know, they're doing a line in a bathroom and, um, and then they start up again. Uh, the other is uh, context or cues. So for example, you know, somebody's a drinker, um, they, they go through detox, uh, they walk by their favorite bar, um, though that signals kind of memories related to uh, to drinking and next thing you know they're drinking again or it could be you know somebody who smokes crack and sees a pipe or somebody who shoots up heroin and sees a needle and then the third one is stress and uh, that stress is has been studied often as situational stress like acute stress it's more um, stress as a as a backdrop onto which some of these other factors are superimposed in looking at what I've learned from these professors, I wanted to know what's in place. What do we have right now to help people who are struggling with relapse and substance abuse? I, I guess to start with, there, there's really no, there's no good, at least FDA approved treatment for cocaine addiction and, and really not even for opioid addiction. Um, and the, the drugs that we have, especially for opioids, oftentimes are to, to help individuals deal with withdrawal symptoms. 
um, that can be both physio physically uh, occurring as well as psychologically occurring. But a lot of those drugs themselves are actually opioid-based drugs. Um, and they're just, they have different kinetics and functions and, and, and um, properties that make them less addictive. But that seems to be problematic if you're trying to treat an opioid addict with opioids. Um, so ultimately, a lot of the pharmacology and the drugs that we have out there, just like antidepressants, it's, it's, a, it's a blunt force hammer that is going to affect everything in the brain. In next week's episode, we're going to look at new tactics that are being explored to help deal with addiction. We'll hear from an actual addict and psychotherapist who has up-close knowledge of what both the past and the future looks like for drug addiction, both in Milwaukee and around the world. Thank you for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next time on Drug Talk.